Hi, this is Tom Field with Information Security Media Group. We're here today to talk about the insider threat. Specifically, we're talking about lessons learned from the Societe Generale scandal. Here with us today, Linda Najim, a partner in Diamond Management and Technology Consultants Financial Services Practice, and Jason Gasworth, a manager in the same practice. They're the co-authors of a new report called Notes on a Scandal, Lessons in Operational Risk Management from Societe Generale. And we're going to talk today about the scandal, about lessons learned, and about the highlights of this report. Linda and Jason, thanks so much for joining me today. Good morning, Tom. Good morning. Glad to have you here. Linda, let me throw the first question your way. Sockgen, why does this resonate so well in the global marketplace? Tom, I think there are really two reasons. The first simply is the magnitude of the event, $7 billion in losses, far surpassing any other example of unauthorized trading incidents in really not just in recent history, but in history. It's had a ripple effect both on SOCGEN's um, financial position and also the European and world marketplace. The second thing is a bit of a Robin Hood scenario, I think. Um, Jerome is a relatively junior trader, um, fairly young guy. He was able to accumulate the $7 billion loss position over four years, really covering his tracks. And he's actually turned into a little bit of a cult hero with some people who look at him as, as someone who's kind of brought down potentially um, one of the largest banks in France. Exactly right. Jason, is there anything you want to add to what Linda said? No, I mean, I think part of, uh, I think Linda hit it right on with the fact that he's kind of been romanticized and, you know, we were just discussing that there's websites kind of out there dedicated to, to Jerome. Um, so I think it's become a bit of a phenomenon beyond the, the actual fraud incident. That's a great point. Now, Linda, I want to turn to you again because the big question that we hear constantly at Information Security Media Group is, how did it happen? Well, the details are still emerging, um, but there are causes that have been verified in both internal audit reports and other findings. So some of the causes are quite clear. The first is that Jerome was a trusted insider. He worked in the back and middle office, and he used that knowledge to circumvent controls that were in place. Um, in the bank to avoid detection, so things like manufacturing emails or fax confirmations. He also had unauthorized access to systems. We're not entirely clear. It seems that he used both the credentials and access of other people and perhaps had access to systems he shouldn't have had access to that allowed him to cover his tracks. There also seemed to be inadequate trading limits in place so that his positions weren't raising the right kinds of red flags across across SOCGEN. Finally, and maybe most importantly, is that there was really an inadequate management response to the irregularities that were uncovered. So in one Wall Street Journal report, as an example, they mentioned that there were 24 alarms in one risk system over a 12-month period, and that those alarms were ignored because they felt that there were some um, some inaccuracies in the system itself, so they took it as a system issue rather than a, a real issue. In fact, there were a number of control personnel who approached Jerome over a um, several month or multi-year period with questions about his positions and his trading, and 
the responses he gave were not followed up on. So while the control personnel did their job, it seems, to the kind of spirit of their job description, they didn't really dig any deeper than, um, than what was absolutely, absolutely required. So the bigger question is the one that, that we heard about immediately from our institutions is, can this happen to my institution? And when you hear that, how do you respond? I think the response is simple. It's happened before and it will happen again. In fact, just last week, as, as you're probably well aware, there was an incident reported by MF Global. It wasn't to the magnitude of SOCGen. It was a trader who accumulated a $150 million loss position in uh, wheat futures, but it was enough to bring their company shares down by 30% in a single day. And while the facts of that case are still emerging, it seems that there were actually some controls that were in place that were disabled for certain traders because it slowed down their transactions, ironically enough. Jason, let's talk about the new report you have on in this Notes on a Scandal. What are the highlights of this report? Sure. So the, the report's really a result of, of us seeing firsthand how some of our clients have been responding to the, to the SOC chain incident. And we wanted to take the opportunity to, to share some of those learnings from the field and put out a call to action to the, you know, out to the broader industry, but also to specific firms that, that need to start dealing with these issues. So the, the report starts by looking at the causes and effects of the SOCGEN incident, and Linda just described some of those. We also discuss some similar incidents that have occurred in the recent past and ask the question, have we learned our lessons from history? So, because, um, as we know, these incidents are continuing to occur. The, the rest of the paper is focused on how firms can protect themselves. So we outline the components of an effective operational risk management program, and we describe some near and longer-term actions that bank can take, banks can take to uh, prevent a repeat. So, Jason, if you could boil it down, how could SOCGEN have been prevented? So uh, we describe three components of an effective operational risk management program in the report. So first, the first component, and it's probably the most important one, is that organizations need to develop a strong controls culture, culture of compliance. So this is really moving beyond empowering the risk and audit functions and making sure they have a seat at the executive table to instilling supervisory responsibilities throughout the management ranks so that managers, you know, up and down, look at compliance and controls as part of their day-to-day -day responsibilities. The, the second component is automated processes. So these are things like warning indicators on trading stations when, for when traders get close to their trading limits. But it's important to emphasize here that technology is really not enough. Management needs to understand what's being automated, what are the limitations, and it needs to all be within a, a sound governance framework. The third component is strong IT access controls. So, you know, compromised credentials really took center stage in this incident with uh, Jerome having access to systems that he perhaps shouldn't have had access to. We think banks need to look at strong authentication for high-risk systems and uh, especially start developing robust access and entitlement management programs uh, to try to get a handle on who has access to what when it comes to front and middle office IT systems. 
Well, Jason, that's a good segue to the, to the last question I have for both of you. Linda, let me throw this to you. Based on what you've learned, what actions should financial institutions take to prevent a repeat of SOCGEN? We actually hope that this will serve as a bit of a call to action to banks to take a more comprehensive approach to managing operational risk versus simply focusing on evaluating the risks of uh, the, or the specific causes of SOCGEN or MF Global for that matter. So in our report, we actually recommend a 90-day plan with three phases. Simply put, it is to understand the initiatives you have underway around operational risk and identify any quick hit opportunities, particularly focusing on the causes that were uncovered in recent events. The second is to launch a more formal assessment of all of the operational risk processes to understand the gaps that are in place and put together a comprehensive plan of attack going forward. This all seems quite simple, but in our experience, the key to this is really through execution and through maintaining a very strong focus on um, both taking a holistic and inter integrated view to operational risk and really making sure that the recommendations that are in place are based on strong facts and that are prioritized so companies are positioned for success. Because what happens perhaps is once the furor dies down, um, banks take their eye off the ball a bit and focus on, um, you know, revenue-producing opportunities or, or activities that will drive profits of the bank. And in this case, um, these activities will prevent the significant losses we've seen recently. Well said. Jason, sort of last words, if you could boil everything down into one lesson learned you'd like people to take away from this, uh, this scandal, what would that be? Uh, you know, I think, I think the, one of the key kind of points that have been made and, and really was, was summed up uh, pretty well in the, the auditor's report that, that came out recently was, was a point that, that Linda made earlier around uh, risk managers and, and, and control culture. So people, uh, when people just kind of follow their job to the, to the letter um, without really trying to connect the dots or, or uh, kind of uh, recognize these patterns in between kind of the nature of their jobs, then, then these types of events can occur. Excellent insight. Linda and Jason, I want to thank you both for your time and for your insight today. Thank you very much, Tom. Yeah, thank you. We've been talking with Linda Najim and Jason Gasworth, both with Diamond Management and Technology Consultants. The discussion has been about the insider threat and SOCGEN. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.